Hey, welcome to the Fort Dodge Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm Nathan, and I'm joined with Gina Cohn. Uh, we're here to tackle a topic for you to listen to and enjoy, and hopefully, maybe take some, some things away from. And uh, we were kind of trying to discern what to talk about, and the thing that we felt God leading us to was this idea of hearing from God, hearing from God. And so uh, we're just going to uh, kind of dissect and, and, and process what that even means as a believer, um, what that means as a leader. And uh, so some of the big headlines of where we're going to go today in our conversation is, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to talk about what it even means to when we say hearing from God, and we're going to talk about why it's important. Uh, we're going to share some things from a sermon uh, out of Red Rocks Church that I got the opportunity to listen to. I shared it with Gina, and, and she's listened to as well. Uh, it's by Doug Weckenman, and he's actually their Austin, Texas campus pastor, and he talked about hearing from God. So we're going to share a few things from that content, uh, and then uh, we're going to talk about how to discern like when it's when it's God speaking versus your own feeling, and then even as a leader, how does it look for us to actually not just make decisions on our own as a group, but to actually try to hear from God together as a team and uh, and follow God's direction for where he wants to take whatever organization we happen to be leading. So that's where we're going today. Um, so let's go ahead and kick it off with, with this question for us to, to tackle. So what do we mean, Gina? What do we mean when we say hearing from God? Um, what, what do you think of with that question? Um, as always, as we talked about these questions and thought about um, just the different relationships in my life and how important it is to, um, as I have conversations with them, whether it's my spouse, a good friend, my counselor, just like that response is so much more um, important and needed almost more than what is what I'm saying in the conversation that I'm, you know, providing or the, the words that I'm providing for the conversation. And so I thought about that, like within prayer, even like as I'm talking to God and um, just wanting to hear what he has to say, just like that conversation piece of like needing to hear the response part mm. and just being um, open to that. And then because it's such a unique relationship what does that look like and yeah. and how does that all um, play out? Yeah, because we have this relationship with God, but he's invisible and we can pray to him. We can speak to him, but for it to be a conversation, yeah, like there has to be some amount of us hearing back from him. Um, but it's not as simple as this conversation right now. Right, it's, yeah. It's this, you know, God's God's presence and, you know, you have, we have this dis ever since the Garden of Eden and, mm -hmm. you know, we, we were meant to be right there in communion with God, um, walking with him in the cool of the day and hearing his voice and talking with him. And then ever since the curse, ever since that day, we've been trying, like something in our souls is wanting to get reunited with this relationship with God. And so like we do have ways to commune with him, but it just, it takes practice. It takes mm. It's it's a it's a different paradigm than just being able to sit side by side with him and ask him a question and hear the answer, right? Um, yeah, and like, why wouldn't we want to hear from him? He's the God 
the creator of all the wiz- like he has all the wisdom that we need for anything that we can't even imagine like more so than our spouse our counselor a teacher anything like that's the that should be the driver that should be the one that we want to hear from the most um as you were talking about creation that that just kind of triggered like yes from like he knew our story from way back when before we were even created before even creation why wouldn't we want to <laughs> lean into him and ask him for what's best for us when he knows? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the idea of like, you know, sometimes people will talk about stories of hearing like an audible voice, right? When we say what it means to hear from God, uh, we're not necessarily saying here that God is going to speak audibly or speak in really clear definitive words that that we can hear or, or even like, sense, um, like hearing from God is a, is a little bit more elusive than that. Um, uh, maybe when we say hearing from God, I, I think in my own life of just moments of peace, moments of assurance, reassurance, uh, moments where God is sort of like, uh, changing my mm-hmm. direction, like the opposite of reassurance, the yeah. sort of like, He's sort of like, uh, not so much. I have a different thing for you, a different direction. Um, so I, I don't know. W- w- what does it feel like most often in, in, in your life when you when you hear God speaking to you? Yeah, like, so you kind of alluded to it earlier, and like it takes practice, like, and it's like a muscle that you have to build where, like, don't get frustrated because that was my thing in the beginning is, like, I got so frustrated in the beginning, like, I didn't feel like I was hearing from him or sensing him or feeling those nudges or those promptings, like, I'm not doing it right, Mm -hmm. where it was, no, I just needed to still myself and do it more and practice more so that... I could hear more clearly or be open to it. Um, in the message we re- you referred to in the beginning, he t- he speaks about Mark Batterson's book Whisper, and it's like talking about the whispering part. And when you when someone whispers, you lean in closer to them so that you can hear them. And so it's that leaning in and that practice of leaning in that really um, makes it easier, I guess. You know what I mean? It's just that yeah. whole it opens up that whole new um, dynamic of the relationship. Um, yeah, and it's something that as we practice it, it's not just reserved for like the super spiritual Christians mm, right. or like the, the pastors of the world or whatever. Like hearing from God should be something in, in terms of that question of like why is it important to hear from God? Like it's something that every believer is is meant to seek after and experience. Um you know, when the, when God says, hey, it's going to, when Jesus, um, you know, when Jesus says, it's going to be better for me, for you, if mm-hmm. I leave, because I'm going to leave my Holy Spirit, right? And at first thought, it's like, how could it, how could anything be better than having Jesus right, right there? But instead of Jesus being just in one single spot on earth, we get this incredible experience as believers having this deposit guaranteeing what is to come, mm-hmm. the Bible says, which is the Holy Spirit living in us. And so now, um, I mean, it is Jesus because, you know, God, the Father, Son, Spirit, they're one God. And so it, it, it's like Jesus is is residing, like we say it to little kids, right? Mm-hmm. Ask Jesus to live in your heart. This is, that's the simple version of this, like, really deep, incredible, complex mystery that 
God, the Holy Spirit, like he lives in us. And so when like he doesn't just like park there and never have any communication with us, like he's in us and he's speaking. Um, So, yeah, I, I think it's just part of the reason we wanted to talk about it today that this is something we long for mm-hmm. all of our leaders, everyone listening to experience in greater ways. Um, so in terms of, um, well, so God speaks through his word. That's, mm-hmm. that's worth mm-hmm. just making sure we, we touch on that. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of people who have, gone some pretty whacked out directions <laughs> thinking that God told me to do this or that. And then, um, he really wasn't, they, they were being maybe deceived or maybe they were, they were following their own ideas and they got off track, but God gives us this like really definitive, clear, unchanging thing in his word that he, he speaks. And so we can get to know God's voice. Like a sheep gets to know the shepherd's voice. Mm-hmm. We can get to know what it feels like to hear God's voice by reading his word and God's prompting directly to us is always going to sound like God's word. It's always going to align with God's word. A lot of times it just is God's word. And he mm-hmm. just reminds us or shows us in a fresh way something from his word. Um, so that's a huge part um, of hearing from God. Um, so I, I don't want to gloss over that. But most of what we're talking about today is like, how, how do I know that God is prompting me to apply something about his word or his heart towards me directly into my situation, into my life right now in this moment to respond in, in obedience to him. So um, let's talk about those four big uh, themes from Doug Weckman's sermon. Do you want to hit those four headings? Yeah. He um, spoke about, there were four P's. So there's always great um, like ways to remember things and alliteration is one of them. So people um, we hear um, from God um, through people, um, through pain, through discomfort, through things, um, different things on our journey, journey through our lives, um, through promptings, those that still small, quiet voice, those nudges, those thoughts that he brings to mind, and then proximity of just being closer to him and um, also like closer to believers too, being in proximity to um, other like-minded people. Yeah. So, so if you're writing them down or, you know, please don't write them down if you're driving right now, (laughs) but the four P's again, they're people, pain, promptings, and proximity. And they might be directly stolen from Whisper. I don't know if yeah, they're from right. that book Yeah, or we not. should like yeah, maybe reference that's really that. where it's from. But <laughs> Mark Batterson. Um, yeah, but um, they were saying that that those are some of the common ways that that you'll be able to hear God's voice or sense His leading. Um, so let's dissect a little bit of that people idea. The first mm-hmm. one. Uh, how, how do you see that playing out uh, of the way that God speaks through other people? Right. So I've heard this, um, this phrasing or this idea of you should have at least three people or three sections of people to be able to help encourage you and help you as you follow Jesus. And it's like someone that's been, is a little, little further down the road 
an older generation, someone that's kind of like across from you on that same kind of section part of the journey. And then someone who is either just starting the journey on that, getting on that road or has just, you know, recently gotten on so that we can gain from the wisdom of people that have been ahead um, and trusting what they have gone through and what God's spoken to them throughout their journey. And then someone that's on a similar point of the journey to just be like encouraged to be like, yeah, me too. Like this is happening. Mm -hmm. Um, Being able to talk through those things and then to be able to pour into and encourage someone that's just recently getting on that, on the path of following Jesus so so that we can learn from them. And we can also remember what it was like when we first Mm, um, started on the journey, because I think that reflection piece is so important as we um, remember where we've been um, we, that's like, you know, biblical. How many times does God call us through his word to remember what he's done yeah. for us previously, you yeah. know, and even from old Testament to new Testament, remember when, um, is, is, is a big theme. Yeah, that's really good. I, I just came across it today, uh, where I was talking with someone about a Bible passage and, uh, the people thing came mm. into play because they were wrestling with the passage. They And what was beautiful is they were really seeking uh, from our small group clarity because mm. they were like, I read this, I'm interpreting it this way, and I feel like I might be wrong. <laughs> Can yeah. you guys help me out, help me interpret what God is saying? And so he was asking, like you said, people further ahead on the journey, um, like, hey, have you encountered this before? Do you know what this has? And and his first thing was Google. He started with Google, and Google was about to lead him crazy astray, right, <laughs> as Google can. And I was like, well, okay, yeah, yes, you found that answer, but here's why it was totally leading you off. It, you know, that wasn't a Christian response at all. Um, so, yeah, it's like part of how we're um, – God gives us his word, but then He also for us to like really truly understand the depth of what it means for our lives – we're designed to not just read it alone. We're designed to read it in community, mm-hmm. to live it yeah. in community. Um, and people ahead of us, people behind us, people side by side. Um, yeah. I think also, too, like God's given the gift of um, teaching, of wisdom and illumination of his word to to not all of us or at all at the same capacity maybe, but like he's given that gift. And so then that's the, where we can hear from God is they teach the word and like, you know, what he's illuminated to them is what's for us to be learned through that person. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the different giftedness, sometimes it's going to be, it's going to show up in, in like someone who's a a teacher or a, Mm -hmm. or a preacher or something. Other times it might be, um, uh, having someone in your life who just has a totally different perspective and they're, mm. they're going to, they're going to have a piece of God's heart that you don't have, or the, the teacher that you usually listen to doesn't have there, but, but God is reflected in them. And so they, then they're going to approach something with this different, um, sort of point of view. I think of lots of people in my life who maybe they didn't have any sort of platform ministry, but I just watched their life and I watched them handle situations and like, I saw God, I heard God speaking mm-hmm. through just the observation of their life, right. um, you know? Um, and so we want to, we want to receive that. We want to be people who do that to others. 
uh, no matter what our role is in ministry. Um, right. So and just to kind of jump off that too, like how God has gifted each of us, we can learn more about God as we watch other people use their gifts and live those gifts out too. So it's not just le- hearing mm-hmm. from God from like pastors, preachers, you know, people like, like you said, and, and teachers, but like through how they live out their walk with Christ and use their God-given gifts and talents, that's how we can learn and um, learn more about God for one, but then hear also from God and um, what mm-hmm. he wants to, us to hear as we watch them throughout their life. That's really good. Uh, the next one's a tough one. The next one is pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just going to skip it and move on to pr- <laughs> no <laughs> uh, pain. Yeah. So the reality is that God does speak uh, amid pain. Um, and this is so tough because none of us wants to experience pain. Mm-hmm. All of us do in, in all sorts of forms and to varying degrees. Um, and just to be absolutely clear, God isn't this, um, God who's, he, he's not someone who's wishing pain upon us, who's, who's wanting to, he, he just can't wait to unleash pain on us. And he's going to speak through that, like almost like a tormenting kind of right, heart. Like right. th- this is not the heart of God. Um, what, what we really experience in life is that. Here we are all under the curse. We're all under that Genesis 3 situation that is that is still playing out day after day after day that um, whether it's suffering or death or injustice or, you know, it takes so many forms, but it's all the curse. Mm-hmm. And so here's God who, like, he knows the great plan. He knows he's already sent his son. He knows that... The uh, the plan to f- to finally and completely eradicate mm-hmm. all pain, mm-hmm. like it's in motion. You know, it's it's unstoppably in motion. Um, but yet here we are in this sort of in between where Jesus has come, He has conquered death, but He's still waiting. He's not fully, cons- you know, bringing about the consummation yet, and and so we're still in the the pain of the curse. Um, and our loving God chooses to not waste our pain. Right. Our loving God chooses to redeem the pain and say, um, hey, it's going to happen. These terrible things are going to be a part of our lives, but yet I'm going to come and walk with you through it and in it. I'm going to, I'm going to show you my heart in, in, in the moments when you need it most. Um, and so this is, this is what it kind of looks like to live a life of hearing God through the pain. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything you would say about that that topic? No. Um, that was pain. really good. Um, I, you know, you just like illuminated like this this life that we're living here on Earth isn't the end. There's eternity and like what He wants to do um, and bring about in light of eternity. With that as the focus, um, and just how He can redeem the pain. That was really good. I really. Um, grabbed onto that because he doesn't want to waste anything that we mm-hmm. experience, whether it's not pain. I mean, you know, he wants it to, um, whatever we experience on our journey, he wants it to, um, if we allow it, draw us closer to him Yeah, and see, um, and how we can help others through that, um, who don't know Jesus yet. Um, he does. Yeah. He doesn't want to waste anything. I thought that was really good. 
I know God spoke that to me in a season a while back uh, when uh, I had been a part of a church that had to close its doors. Mm-hmm. It was a very painful time. Uh, lots of people had found Christ there, and they weren't uh, just like neat, clean Christians who were going to go to the next church down the road. Uh, when our church closed, like that was where they had found God. Mm. So the pain that I was experiencing in that was this just like the heart of a shepherd, like, oh my gosh, these sheep are just going to be scattered. Mm. Um, it was really hard. And I remember God speaking, uh, you know, through that song back in the day, like nothing is wasted, mm. um, in, in, kind of in his hands. Um, and that like, man, this this is... Uh, absolutely a senseless time, uh, uh, something that you you can't make a lot of meaning out of, but yet God's still going to find a way to use it. That's the Romans 28, mm-hmm. 8, 28 promise is not that he's going to take away the pain, but that he will find a way to use it for our good eventually. Um, in some way, whether we see it, whether we don't, he's going to work some good out of it. So um, that's a huge thing. Um, I also think about the idea of like, um, sometimes you're in the middle of pain. Uh, we're hearing a ton of car horns. I don't know <laughs> if it'll be interesting to listen back to this podcast to see if these car horns that are really loud to us or if they're <laughs> peeking through. If not, enjoy the car horns yeah, with us, you guys. Yeah. We're um, in this together. <laughs> um, sometimes in the middle of the pain, it's like you... Um, oh, it just stopped. That's great. You, you, you're not quite ready to seek meaning mm. like some of God speaking through the pain is like, and he begins to unfold the meaning of it. Mm-hmm. Other times he doesn't, but like, it's okay to not be quite ready to be seeking meaning yet in the pain. Would you agree That's with that? That's really good. Yes. I would completely agree with that. And I think it also speaks to, um, the varying levels of pain that each of us experience and also where we're at within our journey, um, of life, of, of knowing Jesus in our relationship that like release yourself from that of it's okay not to have an experience or a life event that is painful. And Mm -hmm. then the next week, know what God was trying to tell you through that or how he was using that experience. Um, for other things like there's mm-hmm. that that idea of an onion of how many thin and thick layers there are in an onion as you peel it back like mm-hmm. oftentimes painful experiences are like that onion mm-hmm. where little by little you know a little bit more of what um how god's going to use that yeah going back to that story of ours where we we had closed down the church and then a year had passed and, you know, we were wrestling with it and, and trying to understand where God had, had us mm-hmm. going next, right? And we met with this godly couple we knew, friends. And we were kind of like doing the, the thing where, that we all do, which is like, oh, we're doing good. You know, like, man, we went through this tough season, but God is teaching us things through it and whatever. And I remember them asking the question, so what is the sadness that we hear in your voice as you talk about mm. this? And it was just that one question. And it was like, <laughs> all of a sudden, like the stuff that we weren't able to put language to was able yeah. to come out. And it like, you know, it was a year later. Um, 
and so yeah, I would just absolutely agree with that. That um, it's pain, in, but it's not that God is going to speak in the moment necessarily, but you're going to see His heart over time as He. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just like another snapshot of why, um, how God uses people, and and like the importance of being near people that um, are mature in their faith and know and have that self-awareness, but then also the relationship awareness to hear, quote unquote, hear the sadness in your, in your voice and in your story to be able to ask that question. So like my guess is that they were prompted, you know what I mean? Like they were hearing from God in cool and unique ways to be able to ask that question to trigger that, um, experience. For sure. Yep. Which is the perfect segue. Uh, so that next P promptings, promptings, um, every once in a while you get this feeling as a Christian, Mm -hmm. That maybe I should do this. Maybe I should say that. And it's not audible. It's it's a little bit like a hunch. It's a little yeah. bit like intuition. Um, but it's deeper than that, than just like, oh, yeah, my gut tells me to do this. It really is the Holy Spirit in us saying to do that. And we can think yeah. of examples in the Bible. You know, Philip, uh, he's in Acts, and he's walking along, and God says, hey, why don't you go walk along that chariot? And then he meets this uh, Ethiopian eunuch, and then he gets saved, and like incredible things happen. Um, and there's many other examples of that too. But um, w- when you think of promptings, what yeah. comes to mind for you, Gina? Yeah. So um, part of my story is graduating from you and I with and deciding not to go on and student teach right away. Um, the timing wasn't right. Um, in my, in my mind, but then later after, um, meeting Mike and getting married and having our kids, they were in kindergarten when the prompting of going back and finishing my student teaching and, and I had a degree, but didn't have my teaching license. And so like just that prompting that continued to, um, come more often, get stronger of like taking those next steps to do that, which, um, was, has been a cool looking back, something cool in our family to for Easton and Nelson to be able to experience like, you know, later in life, quote unquote, later in life, to be able to go do things, what God's calling you to do and to take that next step, mm-hmm. um, even if it's scary or even if it doesn't make sense. But then it led me to um, completing that, um, getting my teaching license, going and teaching at... Uh, a private Christian preschool and being able to have these amazing relationships. And like it also, besides that whole part, like just deepened my walk with Christ through all of that. Like as you take those steps, as you listen to those promptings and you take action on it, that's the big, the next thing. Mm-hmm. Like I've had promptings where I haven't taken action on it. And yeah, so it's not too. the same result. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like the, that action part, like, you just begin to um, experience this level of trust with our Savior that is, like, undescribable. And it's just, it's, it's yeah. Yeah, when you see the action, like, you take the action, you feel prompted, and you do it, and then you see God do something. Right. You know, that's either in big or small ways miraculous. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty exciting, and... Um, you know, there's no real 
perfect way, you know, I guess what I'm thinking about right now is these kind of little moments where it's almost like just you and God and he's saying to you, hey, go say this, go do this, mm-hmm. go pay for that person's gas, something like that. Right. And it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember this exact story, but somebody... Like they felt like they had to do a somersault in the gas station or something ridiculous. Oh like, I wish I could remember this. Like I was not thinking of this story. I would have tried to come up with the details before we talk. Next right episode. Now. Yeah. But, um, or cartwheel, I think it was a cartwheel. That's what it was. And like, I don't think I'm supposed to do a cartwheel in this gas station <laughs> right now, God. And it just, it was relentless. He couldn't get it out of his head. So then he did it. And then some, like person in the gas station started crying and like I was just talking with God and I was like if you're real you would have to do something so crazy like some person in this gas station would have to just like start doing cartwheels for me to believe in you and that's exactly what happened so like those kind of crazy things can can happen um and you can feel like a real idiot um to to do like sometimes it's little things like that sometimes it's big decisions right but there's always some element of a leap of faith mm-hmm. involved with a prompting and there's kind of just no substitute for for trying it trying and being willing to fail mm-hmm. and to say okay I tried that thing and I don't I don't know maybe that was just my passing thought that wasn't God speaking um but you start to just cultivate a sense of what God's voice sounds like in inside yeah and the more you do it, the better you get at it, the more you can um, hear um, and discern clearly what is his voice and what is your own voice and what's the world's voice within all of those things. I was, you know, as you were telling that story, I was just thinking like um, those initial promptings from, you know, early in in my journey following Jesus, like some of the promptings that I follow and listen to now probably wouldn't have happened if I hadn't Mm. started somewhere Mm -hmm. or hadn't began that way back when so that I learned it and used it and got better at it. And so that, you know, um, other people that ripple effect, other people can be affected, um, by what we've learned. Absolutely. The last one is proximity. And so this is drawing near to God in, in order to hear him and, uh, Doug gives this example of the story of Elijah where he is like, there's this big, you know, wind and there's a fire. and mm. But it isn't until the still small voice that God was in it and God said, Elijah, here's what you're to do. And then the still small voice led him. And so that like the desi- the the heart of God is not necessarily that we do a bunch of like, I'm thinking of like doggy tricks, you know, like sit, <laughs> yeah. lay down, roll over. Like that's, he's not trying to get us to be more obedient puppies. He is, he's desiring this closer relationship with him. And so part of why he does speak quietly is because he wants us to press in and mm. find him and be near him. Um, so that's a little bit of what that proximity is referring to. Anything come to your mind in that avenue of proximity? Right. So I, this is kind of, a little off, but like when you, um, just kind of really mesh with, with somebody or like this friend that you just want to be around and because they're fun and, and you like to do things together. Like if you can equate that to like how much more, first of all, 
like accept that that's what God wants. Mm. He wants to be near us because he, we are made in his image and he created us and he just wants to be near us. Like, like a mom and dad want to be near their kids. Like if we can accept that part enough to be bold enough to know that, um, it's not what we can gain from him. Yes, we want to hear from him and be near him, but also just that realization that he wants to be near us. Like that whole um, kind mm-hmm. of, I say like the brain flip, like I can't imagine yes. how the God of the universe of all creation would want to be near to me and spend time with me, but he does. Doesn't make any sense. No, yeah. And yeah. just like having that, like he finds joy in us, just like we find joy in our kids or, or our friends or do all of that like that proximity is so unique and so special. And we, as much as we can equate it or try to equate it to our earthly relationships, it doesn't compare Mm -hmm. and it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, Boy, that's really good. And, and just to hear God's heart in all of it and to know that like, this is all part of his design. Um, Mm. Uh, it, it is the journey he has us on yeah. and it's, um, it's pretty incredible. And, uh, so h- how do you know if it's God speaking, you know, to turn to the corner a little bit, yeah. how do you know if it's God speaking or just your own feeling? This is, um, you know, sometimes people will say this phrase playing the God card. Like right. you, sometimes Christians can use this phrase and say, well, God told me this or that. And like, how do you argue with that? Oh, yeah. oh well, don't listen to him. Like, you, you know, so then it becomes this trump card of being able to just say absolutely anything was God right. speaking to me. Um, I mean, how how do we sift through that of God speaking versus my own emotions, how I'm feeling right. that day, um, what I'm in the mood for or not in the mood for? What do you? Yeah, do I think, think like, um, again, learning, um, uh, getting more used to following just a, like a framework of questions. Um, does this align with God's word? Does this align with scripture, you know, doing the legwork to go back, um, and not just lean in on the emotion or what, what we want him to be telling us, um, or what we're feeling in that moment, but to take the time to ask, like, does this align with God's word? And then, like if that is still not quite clear, just like what you spoke about in your small group experience, taking it to other believers to help ask them for either prayer or discernment or like their thoughts. I think some of those, like those are the two big ones for me um, when thinking about that. Like if it's, what what am I going to lean on? And I'm, am I going to lean on these feelings and emotions that last moments? Or am I going to lean on scripture and wisdom that he's provided that have you know, or from the beginning. Yeah. Unshakable. Yep. Yeah. I also think about, um, you know, God's voice isn't the only voice speaking Mm. out there. You know, the enemy comes and speaks too. And sometimes we can think, Oh, God is really telling me, um, that I'm a worthless bum and I need to get my act together. Right. Like that's the voice of the enemy. And, and the reason you can tell, and I've, I've shared this with people from time to time is that like, Satan is the accuser of of the brothers, you know, of the brothers and sisters. Satan is the accuser. And so, like, Satan's voice feels like accusation. Satan's mm. voice feels like condemnation. 
where God's voice, like he does challenge us sometimes right. and often and shows us our sin, but it's always this father heart of repentance of, um, I'm going to bring discipline because I love you and you're not worthless. Um, I, if anything, uh, walk in the in a manner worthy of who you really are in yeah. me is is God's heart and so it's um uh, I I also feel like it's that second person voice you uh, I feel like the the accuser oh, yeah a lot of times when I hear people will say things like gosh I just keep hearing these almost thoughts repeated thoughts in my head you should be or you like yeah often that is a, a telltale that this is actually condemnation from the enemy, um, that you're no good. You're, you know, you should be, you should, you should not be doing this because you, you aren't qualified. Yeah. You're not worthy. Um, you're not doubts. good enough. Yeah. yeah. Those kind of things. Um, so those are the kind of things that, um, come in that, that we need to, to separate out. Mm-hmm. And, th- and then also like pride, Pride right. is a big competitor, uh, you know, a competitor for for God's voice and and for our our airtime in our heads. Um, so, when thoughts, when when we can begin to like notice our thoughts being self centered, notice our, you know, maybe we feel prompted to this, but if we if we really like pay attention, there there's a heart of pride in it. Yes. Um, I want people to notice me. I want people to appreciate or value me. Um, I, I want us to make this decision mm-hmm. so that I can get the credit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, right. Like our motives. What motives. are our motives? What yeah. Is, yeah. Absolutely. So that that's another way. Yeah. Checking the motives. Um, is, is this coming from a loving father mm. or is it coming from an accuser who wants me to doubt myself or is it coming from my own flesh wanting to promote myself? Um, like that, those are some of the telltale signs of the sources of the thoughts and feelings we have. And even as we like come along as like as leaders, um, when people come to us and ask us to help them discern either decisions or, or whether they're hearing from God or not, like we have to do our due diligence to remember to align it with God, like all of the things that we've just stated, but kind of like on the flip side of helping others walk through that together. And like, and then the most important piece is to speak the truth always, but to speak it in love because the accuser and the world are saying it in a different, different way where they're going to latch on and their heart's going to hear the love and then accept the truth. And uh, as you say that from the family ministry point of view, that like we as parents too, like right. we're that delivery system too to convey the love of God and the messages we're sending to our kids. And we want our voice towards our kids to feel like God's voice towards right. them and to echo yeah. his voice. Um, now, as we kind of wrap up this idea, um, I want to focus now specifically on leadership. Um what it means to hear from God as a leader for direction or when you're leading a meeting or leading a group, leading a team and you together are trying to follow God. And so in essence, you're trying to hear from God. You're trying to sense direction from God. And there's this passage from the book of Acts where there's, there's this council. It's not, it's not the most popular passage in the Bible by <laughs> any means, uh, but it speaks to this Acts 15 and it starts at verse six. So I'm just going to read a little bit. Um, and, and the setting here is that um, 
the church is brand new and growing fast. Um, Jesus has, has ascended into heaven, and now the church is just forming. But they have all these crises of identity mm. because, like, they used to be just the Jews. But now they're, like, anyone who follows and accepts Christ is counted as part of this family. And they, they're like, but you're not Jewish. You're not doing all the Jewish things. Right. Um, how, how do we make sense of all this? So they had big, major... Um, crucial converse, uh, crucial con- crucial decisions to make. So anyway, this is uh, what it says, 15.6. The apostles and elders met to consider this question. After much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them just as he did to us. He did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of of Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear? And so he's talking about circumcision because they were saying like, man, you you can't be a true follower of Christ unless you're circumcised. And Peter is like, no, 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 no. Like, this is about grace. This is not about your outward actions. Um. And so you can imagine this moment where, like, you know, these leaders, this council, they're meeting together. They're trying to make a decision. One person gets up and speaks what they mm-hmm. feel is the heart of God. That's Peter. Um, and, and he's kind of the head, right? Um, so then it goes on. The whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul. So two, two more people telling about the signs and wonders God had done among the Gentiles through them. When they finished, James spoke up. So a fourth person. Brothers, he said, listen to me. Simon has described to us, um, Simon Peter meaning, uh, has described to us how God first intervened and chose a people for his name from the Gentiles. And then he quotes um, a, a passage from the Old Testament. And then he says, it is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. And then he lists out the things that they decide to do. Um So they wrestled, they debated, they came to a decision as a group led by the Holy Spirit. So what are some of the things that stand out to us as we read a passage like that that can give us some insight into how we today lead teams, lead meetings, lead debates um, towards following the heart of God? Right, like, so I wasn't there, but I can... (laughs) Like, you know, what we what we can read through this, too, is that the the biggest thing that jumped out to me was that they were listening. They were listeners of each other. Mm. They um, were humble enough to listen to another point of view or what what, you know, someone else had to share Mm -hmm. so that they could. Um, get closer to it, the decision being made. Um, It doesn't clearly say that Um, I'm obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, saying, or, you know, assuming that, but in the, in the passion translation, it said everyone became silent and listened carefully as Paul and Barnabas Mm -hmm. shared with the council. So like, it's, it's apparent that, um, pride, I am sure was trying to rear itself up within each of them. Again, I'm assuming Mm -hmm. things, Mm -hmm. um, just as you know, we can happen with leaders, right? Like we believe our way is the right way or, or we don't want to, um, put aside what we're thinking on the subject or what we feel is the right decision enough to listen to another decision. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I think that listening theme is huge in this passage. Like 
and, and also just uh, there's this sense where they're trying, they're they're coming at it, they're bringing a variety of mm. different ways of looking at it. They speak, um, they speak from experience. Right. Uh, hey, we saw this happen. Um, and so we can't deny what our eyes have seen. But right. then they don't just trust their experience. Then they also go back and they they look for a passage that tries to give clarity about theology, about the Gentiles from, from their scriptures. Um, so there's this experience and scriptures and listening to one another mm-hmm. that all are working together in the conversation. Um, and this is not to say that every time you meet as a leadership team, you're going <laughs> right, to have to like right. <laughs> have this really thorough, like, but these are the kind of forces at work in a good uh, uh gathering of leaders where you're trying to follow God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's, um, I, I, th- I think one thing that is sometimes hard is that like, is when you do have disagreement, right? what do you do with that disagreement in the room? Um, because one of the beautiful things about God is how silent he is. Mm. Um, yes, he does speak, but at times he absolutely is silent. And part of that is this is the beautiful gift of freedom that God gives us. Like he gives us, he says, all authority in, on heaven and earth has been given to me. Now go. So he like imparts authority to us and he doesn't give us the like, and uh, on day 573, you're going right. to do this. Like he's just go and make disciples. And so he gives us all this latitude to like lead in the way that we feel called to and to create and or even going all the way back to Genesis, be fruitful, fill the earth and multiply. Like it's it's a very broad, overarching, you know, and so God, his leadership style is very freeing. Mm. It's not micromanaging. And so like we do have this freedom to, as a team, come up with decisions and we don't have to feel like there's this just narrow, single, only option that we're trying to dig out of the dirt and discover like a diamond. Like, no, there, there's actually this like freedom to just work and be and, Mm -hmm. and, and do what God shaped us to do. Another important part too, when you talked about like, what do you do with disagreement? Like if you go back to the beginning of the passage that you share, Peter like acknowledged that and confirmed that um, they were all in agreement that they were given the Holy spirit. Like Mm. we're all on the same team here, like acknowledging and like kind of bringing forth, like anticipating that there will be disagreement like going into the gathering of of leaders or knowing that it's going to be possibly a tense situation and knowing that different Mm -hmm. opposing views are going to be talked about, like just that reminder and that release of your point of view isn't what's going to make or break Jesus saving others. Mm. It's going to be like, we are here on the same team. We're following Jesus. He's given us the gift of the Holy spirit um, and the person of the Holy spirit to be able to help us discern these things. So we kind of start off um, in level set and be on the same page with that. Yeah. And I love how there was sort of this opportunity for everyone to speak up and share their different opinions. Mm. But then eventually, you know, when they finished verse 13, James spoke up. And so you get this sense that like, as James was facilitating Mm -hmm. that he, he wasn't, he wasn't like directing every part of the conversation. He was letting, letting the debate happen. Um, But then there was a clear path and, 
there is always that point where a leader does have to say, all right, now right. that everything's been spoken, I'm going to go out on a limb and we're going to do what I, what I feel God is leading us right. all to. And so that's a bold, tough thing to do. And sometimes we as leaders get it right. Sometimes we get it wrong. Right. Yeah. Um, but that is the calling that he has on us as leaders. And it even talks about how, like when it says that he, you you mentioned that the an Old Testament scripture was referenced and, and spoken. So like he knew God's word. He was remembering um, and reflecting on that and bringing that wisdom to um, that point in their decision or their discussion. Yeah. And there's this cool thing. So, so Peter, Peter is the rock that the whole church is built on, right? Mm-hmm. He's like this, the 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 senior disciple or whatever. So he's the apostle to all the churches. James, James is that local. He's like the campus mm. pastor. He's the he's the pastor uh, apostle to Jerusalem. So it was the Jerusalem council that was deciding this. So, um, you know, part of it too is is it's always going to work within this sense of authority. Mm. Um, that the the person who is in authority over that particular category, they've got to have the freedom to make that decision. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot in there and I'm sure we could dig deeper, but, um, I think it's good to just take a passage and, and try to hear from God through it. Right. Yeah. Um, so any last things, we're kind of reaching the end of our time, but, um, anything else that you feel like, man, this would be a, a miss if we didn't hit before we wrap up. No, I would just encourage to um, practice it, talk to people about it, people that you trust, um, and just experience it and don't um, trap yourself, which I tend to do um, in a comparison trap or trap it into, trap yourself into it has to be a certain way or you think it should look this way. Mm, That's really good. Would you be willing to just close us in prayer? Yeah. Awesome. Father God, we just, we thank you for your design, most of all, just the way that you have created um, this world, your people, um, everyone um, within our community and within our church family, Lord, help us to remember that you are, um, that you are sovereign, that you are the great creator, you provide when we seek you, you are there um, and to help us to gain more wisdom and, and direction and in, in what um, what we strive to and desire as we lean in and are, get closer to you and just learn and desire to hear more from you. Um, We thank you for what you're doing in this region, Lord. Continue to open our eyes and our hearts to all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast. Um, Be sure to check out the other episodes we have and uh, just, you know, keep learning. That's, you know, the reason why we do this is to help those who are uh, leading others for Christ get better. And so we hope that this has been an inspiring one for you today. 